Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday... It's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special. Shield Kapadia joined by Ben Solak and ace producer Cliff Augustine. We got two picks on day two of the draft. Now, to be to be honest with our listeners here, Ben, the third round is yeah. still taking place. We thought, you know what, we'll knock it out if the Eagles trade up in the third round. We'll react to it live. But so far, we know they got Tyler Steen, offensive tackle, Alabama at 65, and Sidney Brown, DB, Illinois. 66, Ben Solek's in a nice button-down shirt. He's got the Spotify offices in his background. He's looking good and professional. I love it. Yeah, I was I was I was recording some some video today, so I had to keep it clean, had to look nice, got the got the hair did. Listen, the Eagles <laughs> picked at 66, and their next pick is like 165 in the sixth round. <laughs> if they trade up into the third round during this podcast, I will be flabbergasted. They'll be sending well, a player in order to do so. No, remember they still got those picks yeah. next year, so they they could potentially Trade do that. Futures, I don't yeah. I don't think they're going to do that, but they potentially could do that. Before we talk about these picks, I want to give a shout out to Jackson Greenberg and Teddy Grossman, two very yes, talented sir. musicians, Eagles fans, Ringer Philly special listeners. They reached out way back in October. Uh, Jackson did. He's like, hey. I do this as a profession. I'm very good at this. I have a great resume. I can make a song for you. And we're like, yeah, we would love to have a song, but you know, you got to jump through some hoops and you got to make sure stuff is okay. So luckily Cliff came on full time because I was incompetent uh, in getting that approved. Cliff comes on, obviously makes it happen. And so that's the wonderful song you hear 
at the beginning of the episode now. So it's awesome to have our own song. It's awesome to have it from professionals who listen to the show. So thank you to Jackson and Teddy for providing the new start, the new soundtrack to the Ringers Philly special. All right, let's just go one by one. It's a simple show, Ben. We got two picks. We're going to talk about the two picks and then we will call it a day. Third round, 65 Tyler Steen, like I said, offensive tackle from Alabama. So Eagles had 62. They trade down three spots. They pick up a sixth and a seventh from the Texans. I'll give you the background on Tyler Steen, and then you can tell me what you think. Six foot six, 321, 32 and three quarter inch arms, sort of like a little, little Skaronsky-ish there uh, with the arms, right? Uh, did not run, but had good uh, explosion and agility scores. Kind of a fun backstory with him. Began his college career at Vanderbilt as a defensive lineman, switched to offensive line in 2019 uh, after entering the transfer portal where he started 13 games at left tackle. Very experienced player, has started 46 games, very durable player, uh, has started every game the last four seasons. 34 of those have been at left tackle, 12 at right tackle. That's from Dane Brugler's wonderful beast on the athletic. Now, Interesting thing here, Benjamin, they announced him as a guard, guard Tyler yeah. Steen. Now, obviously, we, we talked about versatility before, but uh, have you watched this guy? Do you have a strong opinion on this guy? What did you make of the pick for the Eagles here at number 65? Yeah, Tyler Steen was one of those. I watched him so that I could see what he was like, and I wasn't like trying to get a draft grade on him. Trying to get a draft grade on an offensive lineman takes a long time. Uh, and so I got eyes on Tyler Steen. I didn't put enough grade on him. I thought he was pretty plug-and-chug, run-of-the-mill, middle-round, guard-tackle-swing guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I watched him, and I was like, all right, yeah. this is clearly an NFL-caliber athlete, NFL-caliber size. This is a guy who, who knows where his bread is buttered, right, in terms of uh, I got to be able to uproot guys with power, right? I have to be able to use my length and my, and my size to my advantage. I don't necessarily have the quickest feet. I don't necessarily have the best balance. Uh, and so like, yeah, I'm going to have to be the aggressor here. Like He, he knew how to, how to win his games based off of his level of experience. Um, it's a pretty thin class in terms of like tackles outside of, of round one. It's not a great class for developmental tackles. I thought the um, the like the Northern Michigan kid was good. I thought Carter uh, Warren out of Pittsburgh was good. And then Tyler Steen, I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd draft Tyler Steen and see if you can make an NFL tackle out of this guy. And there you go. He's now he's now with the Eagles. He makes a lot of sense for what, what, I, what I talk about a lot when it comes to Eagles offensive line, which is they like tackle-sized guards. Because then you can move him around, right? It's like Isaac Samalu played some tackle at college. He comes out as a guard. They take him. They play him at guard. Jack Driscoll, who's a tackle at college, uh, uh, another guy similar to Steen, starts at uh, 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 UMass or UMass, excuse me. Transfers to Auburn, plays tackle, plays multiple sides. They get him in there. They start crushing him at guard. He can play tackle in the pinch. Tyler Steen's just another one of these where it's we're gonna get him in the building. I'm gonna give him to old Jeffrey. Give him to, give him to the man Stout and say. Okay, this guy might be uh, a potential tackle for us long term. He might be a, a starting guard for us. He might be a guy who's a swing guy for forever, but he's going to be able to fill multiple shots, wear multiple hats. And then if we have another injury riddled season, we'll be able to stick him in somewhere and survive. And so it makes a ton of sense for the Eagles in terms of that versatility perspective. Also worth noting, in my opinion, off my estimation of Steen, um, super experienced, but not very technically refined. Like there's some rawness to him in terms of like, there are technical deficiencies to clean up. Um, so oftentimes when you have guys who are like 46 game starters, 50 game starters, right? 
you expect him to be really technically sound. He isn't that. I mean, he played like defensive tackle initially. So like he still was kind of like getting there in terms of the offensive line side of things. And so there is like a good developmental arc for him because he's got the, the, the solid athleticism, but like there's just easy technical stuff for him to do in terms of like his pass sets and like how, how he, how he sits his weight down. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember watching him just being like, this guy's like raw, raw. Like this is not as, as polished of a player as you expect to see on the, on the Alabama offensive line. And so I think that that's like, there's, there's good developmental room here on Steen. He's not like he's played for 50 games. So he kind of is what he is. He's got, he's got, he's got room to grow. And I think that's an exciting thing to have for an offensive lineman in Philly. Was Doug Marone, the Alabama's O-line coach. Am I, do I have yes. that right last? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And I, I think uh, Nate Tice has talked about you would think their O line would be kind of coached a little bit better, but yeah, they were not like the yeah, Bill O'Brien, the NFL offensive coordinator, was their offensive coordinator. You'd think <laughs> right. their offense worked a little bit better. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a little interesting right. theme that's developing here at the University of Alabama. <laughs> that 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 is uh, that is correct. So yeah, I uh, I'm with you. I kind of you know Jeff Stoutland probably has more influence than any you know not probably I think definitely has more influence than any other uh, coach in that building in terms of hey he here are the players I want you to draft. Or give me the list of players you're thinking about drafting, and I'll tell you what I think about them. Remember, Jeff Stoutland coached at Alabama with Nick Saban. Nick Saban tried to hire Jeff Stoutland just, what was it, two off-seasons ago, uh, bring him back to Alabama. So he knows that program well. He will know the player well, the makeup well, uh, the character well. And it's an experienced guy who has theoretical versatility, who has the adequate uh, size and you know length, although, you know, like we said, he doesn't have the longest arms, uh, has the athleticism necessary. And so I'm with you. Yeah, like Jack Driscoll is the name I thought of. Like if he ends up being a backup who can start for you uh, at guard and tackle and give you competent play, guess what? That's a nice use of a third round pick. So yeah. uh, I thought that made... A lot of sense. Uh, Dane Brugler had him as a third or fourth round pick, number 93 overall. Uh, Arif Hassan, who does the wonderful kind of consensus big board, which is always fun to look at. Uh, if you want to look at, well, who was kind of a reach and who might not be a reach, had him 94. Eagles take him 65. So if you wanted to nitpick, if you were feeling too good about this Eagles draft and are like, hey, I want something to complain about, you could probably make the case that they could have maybe uh, traded back once again and maybe gotten Steen later. At the same time, as you mentioned, offensive tackles a little bit uh, unpredictable where a team absolutely could have liked him and taken him uh, earlier there. So overall, I'm like not that exciting of a pick, but a perfectly fine use of the 65th overall pick. It sounds yeah, like that's they were always going to land with it too. Yeah, they were always going to leave with a developmental tackle. They drafted Steen, I think, yeah, like earlier than I would have expected, but they were always going to leave with a developmental tackle, and there's the guy. The next pick is overdrafted. This is when we were like, come on. <laughs> All right, well, we will get to that uh, in a minute. Steen, uh, per Sports Info Solutions, gave up just one sack last year for whatever that uh, charting is worth. He put on 20 pounds between his junior and senior seasons. And uh, Brandon Thorne, the O-line guru, was saying that his anchor is kind of his major concern uh, on mm -hmm. film. So obviously needs to stay uh, heavy enough, powerful enough, uh, and strong enough there to play those yeah. multiple Which, as positions. a note, like the whole like transfer to guard thing, he was announced as a guard. Six foot six with anchor problems does not sound like a guard to me. Right, like I was thinking that like, too when I read yeah. that. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like when when they made the pick, I immediately tweeted. I was like developmental tackle, and then a bunch of people were like, oh, they announced him as a guard, and I was like, well, sure. 
because Eagles like tackle size guards, but this is not a guy that I would want playing against powerful NFL defensive tackles and give and, and having to fight 320 pounds for 310 pounds. Right now, I'd like for him to play edge rushers where he has a more significant size advantage and weight advantage. I think he'll hold up a little bit better as he's still trying to figure out. Like he's just got to be able to sit his weight back better. He's got to be able to 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 just hold hold his water better, maybe a little bit better knee bend in in, in the stance, which is achievable. Um. But yeah, so I, I'm not sure if he's if he's a guard right away. I'd much rather see him a tackle to start. Yeah, put on the like I said, put on those 20 pounds between junior and senior seasons. Go from Vanderbilt uh, to Alabama, and now go. Yeah, Nick Sirianni literally just said in the presser, Tyler Steen can play guard despite playing tackle. So they'll do whatever. <laughs> they'll do whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's even with Cam Jurgens last year, right? I mean, everyone's like center, 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 and now it looks you know he could be your starting right guard. This year, so again, you kind of—it's the beauty of having a position coach and coach and offensive line coach uh, who you trust that you feel like he'll figure out where the guy can play. Uh, he'll train him there, and then that's where he will play. All right, let's take a little quick break. We'll come back and talk about their other pick in the third round. We are back on the Ringers Philly special third round. 66th overall, Sidney Brown, DB, Illinois. Now, I saw you flexing on this on Twitter. Was he in your mock draft or was he just someone you mentioned? I didn't know how strong of a flex that was. He was in my mock draft. Bad list. Oh, he was. Oh, Uh, nice. Good job by you. Okay. Yeah. Now, I took Sidney Brown, the safety out of Illinois, and I said he's a good jumper. He's got good size. Said he's going to fight in the Kayvon Wallace role. You're going to play this guy in the box. He's going to be a physical Mm. hitter for you. He's going to be able to play low for you. You have somebody else play deep, which would be blanket chip if you're putting any eggs in that basket. Sydney Brown is sort of guy where you you put Sydney out there. You say Sydney and Kayvon fight for the starting strong safety job, fight for the box job, and this way we don't have to sign an Anthony Harris, right? We don't have to bring or, uh, bring in like some like veteran guy. I also said he'll give you great value on special teams. He's, I think he's going to be a core teamer because he's he's loves. Siri wants to talk to me right now out of my out of my Apple. <laughs> Sirianni, is that is that is, is that, that what Sirianni? it is? <laughs> no need. We're gonna we're gonna silence you. Theater mode. Um, I said, all right, he's gonna be a core special teamer because he, he's fast, he's linear, he can fly down the field, he's got density, he can hit. Great. I picked him at 122, hmm. which is like double where the Eagles just took him. Eagles took him at 66. Uh. When the Eagles took him at 66, the NFL Network broadcast put up the, the like the bullet points of like who the guy is, and two of the three bullet points were leader and special teams, which is not what you want to see at 66 in terms of in terms of the, the guy you're drafting. And so with Sidney Brown, I just don't think like he's just he's a he's a limited coverage box safety. Like I just don't I don't love that in the top 75 picks, even for like having a nice high athletic ceiling, even for having really good intangibles. Um this felt a little bit reachy in what's a generally bad safety class. So I get that like they were like, all right, we like this guy. Let's go and get him. We're not going to be able to get a guy we like, you know, in the sixth round, let alone if we like trade around and do stuff. Uh, and so I, I get why they did it. But this is at least around like if they took Sidney Brown around later, I'd be like, all right, this is early for Sidney Brown. But whatever, like this, I, I find this pick to be quite a reach, but uh, understandable player for what the Eagles need and why they liked him. So between us, we've gotten two of their, uh, the Philly Specials gotten two of their four picks right in our seven round mocks. That's pretty good. I'll take 50%. Many, let's hit, let's hit on one in day three. Yeah. Many people are saying, just listen to the Philly Special if you want to know the Eagles draft beforehand. If you're busy this weekend, just tune into the, pre-dra- the pre-draft shows in the Philly Special. You'll know where all the picks are going to be. 
Now, my boy Ty J. Spears uh, got taken, unfortunately, right before we started recording. Yeah. But listen, Titan, so we still have a chance. We still have a chance for me because I gave them out of Tommy Wadabare at pick 30, and we're at pick 87, and he has not been selected yet. What's just, going on with him? I thought he was going to be one of the picks here, 65 or 66. That's kind of weird, I, huh? I was kind of like, okay, like he's not very great at football yet, but there's no way this athleticism doesn't get drafted super early. And it seems like the league was like, well, he's a great athlete, but <laughs> at, yeah. he's, not, he's not a football player yet, which just like... Or maybe there's a medical. You never know. Yeah, you, know, you never really know. Um, either way, I'm, I am surprised by that as well. Um, but I gave him Matthew Bergeron at 49, and Bergeron got drafted at like 39. I gave him Jervin Dexter at 62. He got drafted at like 52. So I, I, feel, I, I was... I had guys at good spots, but then yeah, it's Cindy Brown at one twenty two, and he's off the board. DJ at Turner got uh got yeah got Turner was a good spot earlier today. I thought he might have a shot. Now it's funny because according to a Reefs consensus board, which is why I like that so much, the Steam pick would be view- more of a reach than the Brown one. He was seventy fifth on that consensus big board, so there were people who kind of liked him in this range. I think Dane Brugler would agree more with you. He had him, I think, as his. 10th safety and had a fourth round grade uh, on Sidney Brown. Yeah. So he, he kind of felt a little bit more like you. I have not watched Brown closely uh, on film. I look forward to doing that after the draft, but just some of the uh, the basics here that you didn't, you know, that j- just to add on to what you said, five foot 10 to 11, he's 23 years old. Another very experienced guy. It's kind of jarring to look at some of these, like these two players have started way more football than you're used to really Guys, you drafted. He started 50 games in college. 50 games. Uh, very productive ball ball production last year. Six interceptions, 13 passes defended. So that's what I was kind of wondering about him in coverage because it seems like as a box safety, he looks like a nice option. I mean, you said you think he he's limited in coverage. Uh, can yeah. you like expand on on that a little bit? Like even in a split safety scheme that you just wouldn't trust him or uh, what did you see that make you make you think he's limited in coverage? Yeah. He's, he's tight, right? So when you're smaller and rocked up, you, like you're, you're jacked. He dude. is rocked up. He's a, he's thick, rocked he's up. a thick man. Yeah. Off the bus, young man. Uh, you tend to be a little <laughs> bit tight. You just not have as much fluidness in, in, in your joints and your hips and your knees and your ankles. And accordingly, uh, he just doesn't change direction as well as you'd like for him to do uh, as a cover safety. Now, like, he's 210. He was never going to be covered in slots, right? Like, that's just not... You're, playing, you're doing a Vontae Maddox for that. But even, like, when you flex a tight end out, that tight end in the, is in the slot. He's got a two-way go. And the NFL's got 240, 245-pound athletes that you wouldn't believe playing out of the slot. Like, like in the Eagles... Like, I'll, I'll, let's go to the Eagles division. You have now Darren Waller, Logan Thomas, and then... Cowboys draft a tight end yet? I feel like they did. I can't remember. Scoot yeah, they did. Ter- yeah, like, Michigan. The guy had the guy has like 600 receiving yards in 45 career college games, and he turns like 24 years old. Do you like that Don't worry guy? About it. He's a good athlete, but yeah, it was way too early. All the tight ends are going like, way what? earlier than yeah. they should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought Tucker anyway. Craft went a little later than he should have. I thought he was one of the better I did, ones. Yeah, yeah. Tucker Craft after Luke Musgrave for the Packers was a fun one. <laughs> yeah, they did but, like, too. But like sit like Sidney Brown over Darren Waller is just like he's he's not gonna have the change of direction skills to stick with that guy on breaking routes. He's not gonna have the suddenness, right? He is not a twitchy player. This is a point and shoot guy, right? Like, um, think about like like uh, uh, if you're thinking again in the division, you're thinking about like a Donovan Wilson uh, with, with the Cowboys. Ben, if you're thinking of 
Ben Fennell of uh, who does draft work for NFL Network had a comp to one a, a guy you love, Talanoa Talano Hufanga. So I was literally about, about to bring that one. I, I was so I was literally just about to bring him up. That's really nice. Okay, because like I was gonna say like uh, for like like people right who are watch more than just the Eagles, you saw Talano Hufanga in San Francisco this year have this like really productive season. He got all pro votes, and it was like this guy's incredible. And then you talk to San Francisco fans, and it's like, dude, Hufanga's killing us. And you're like, what's the coverage, issue here? Yeah. Like, like, like he's productive. He's making highlight plays and tackles and forced fumbles and sacks. And it's like, yeah, but in coverage, he'll just guess. And the reason he's guessing is because he can't stick with a guy. So he kind of has to like try to choose and hope because he doesn't have the, the transition skills. I love Hufanga coming out. I had a second round grade on Hufanga. Sidney Brown, like when I was watching him, I was like, oh, this is a similar role for him. I think he's, he's a less consistent tackler because he'll fall off guys sometimes. Um, so again, like I, 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 this to me is a player that is going to have a role on the defense, right? You're playing in, in your in your four two five, and you, you know, so two linebackers and five DBs, and you want to have a guy who's really good in the box. That's Sidney Brown. In general, though, when the Eagles are in their four two five, they're going to have Avante Maddox on the field. So if this guy's the starting strong safety, he's going to have to rotate down and play like over tight ends. And to me, that's a little bit sketchy. I don't, I don't love the feeling of that with him in coverage. Maybe the Eagles feel differently. Maybe they feel like they can get it out of him, and we'll see if they do. Um, but that's that's where my evaluation was was on him. Ran four four seven ninety second percentile broad jump ninety third percentile uh, vertical jump. Uh, Iowa Sam Laporta, the tight end who got drafted, said Brown was the best player he faced last year. He was a senior captain, like you said, he played uh, special teams. Uh, according to Sports Info Solutions, to to back up your point on how much he played in the box. 56% of his snaps in the box last yeah. year, that was the highest percentage of any safety prospect in this entire class. So I thought that that was uh, pretty interesting. His role was yeah. well-defined there. Howie Roseman year. won't draft really a linebacker, well. all right? But he will draft a safety who is functionally a linebacker. Well, that's kind of interesting. You play a little mm -hmm. more a little more dime. I mean, they're not exactly stacked at linebacker. Yeah. Could he be a sort of third safety line. I mean, uh, he's not little, that big. He's five foot little, ten to eleven. Little Jamal Williams role for the boy. Little, little or not Jamal, Jamal Adams. Little Jamal Adams. Little Sean Desai Jamal Adams action. Um, well, yeah. I mean, like that's the thing is, is if you wanted to go that route, there were dudes to get. Like Martin Mappa was still on the board. Dan Henley was still on the board. Like there were guys who were actually like safety linebacker hybrids. This is just like he is a box safety. He is a safety who plays in the box, plays downhill fill against the run, take on blocks, blitz. He has to be coming downhill. He has to be nosing the ball, nosing the line of scrimmage. He, if he's turning and running, I just don't think the profile right now is that of a guy who can consistently cover at the NFL level. I wonder how much Sean Desai, who obviously has a background as a safeties coach, uh, what kind of say he had. Because like you said, there were a lot of kind of safety, you know, yeah. different shapes and sizes and roles available. And it was interesting that this is the guy they settled on. I wonder how much of a say uh, he had. I on will that. say, but, yeah, the... Uh, Sean Desai probably loves him because Cindy Brown is smart and instinctive. Like Cindy Brown will see it and trigger. Coach is and like, like a safety's coach. Yeah. Safety's coach will love that guy. Love guy. Oh, he sees it. Yeah. He gets it. He knows. Get yeah. get the playbook on the field. Yeah, you can understand that. Uh, his his clips are fun. I was looking back again. Ben Fennel really uh, really liked him. He had him as a top fifty player, and on Twitter he, was, he had a bunch of clips posted of him. And he is a fun player, like you mentioned. There are those Hufanga esque plays where he's just playing like with his hair on fire, high energy, uh, can really run physical, like we mentioned, uh, thick, can hit. He just blows up this running back on the one uh, one highlight, the one clip. Is that the one I that's was the game against there. Purdue? 
I can't remember. I didn't even know who the opponent was. Oh no, that's the I, I see the one. That's the, the that's the one that was going around earlier today, the Blitz against Indiana. Yes. Where he just yeah, yeah, where he just that back is like hundred and seventy pounds. <laughs> he just hey. eats him. Just eats him. <laughs> so uh it seemed okay to me. Yeah, again, I have not watched him closely, so I'm going based on you know th- this information uh, that I'm finding out now. But it seemed like a fine use of resources. Although there were some other guys, uh, Benny Souls, who went after you know like a Garrett Williams, cornerback from Syracuse, went after both these like guys. Him. I think we thought there was a chance they would take him. Your boy Drew Sanders, the linebacker from Arkansas, goes after both these guys. How about that? Yeah, Drew did Sanders to, to the Broncos. Drew Drew, I did. Yeah, Drew Sanders yeah. for the Broncos with Vance Joseph, though, is really fun. Um, and also, Broncos fans got really mad at me this year because they extended Alex Singleton. And I was like, why would you extend Alex Singleton? Right. And they were like, no, you don't get it. He's good. And I'm like, all right, Drew Sanders is going to take this guy's job very quickly. <laughs> so I'm all right with it. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver from Tennessee, who I like. Not everybody liked the Jalen Hyatt. I liked the Jalen Hyatt when I watched him uh, on film. He went after... Uh, both these guys as well. So at some point we'll we'll go back and we'll say here, you know, the old uh, the old shadow draft. We'll say here's what we would have done at every spot. Go on the record with that, but we obviously do not need to do that right now. All right, let me ask you this: safeties mm-hmm. on the roster right now: Terrell Edmonds, Reed Blankenship, Sidney Brown, Kayvon Wallace, Justin Evans. Who? What? What pairing? Assuming health. What pairing? will start the most games for the Eagles in 2023. Reed and so Sydney? I think the, the most common no. ones would be Edmonds and Blankenship. I think Edmonds and Blankenship is probably the most common. I would one say... probably chalk, I, I would say. I would, but I, I would say Edmonds is probably going to play... Oh, actually... I mean, Ed, it sounds from what you said, Edmonds and Brown, their skill sets are a little redundant. Do you think that would be yeah. fair to say? I mean, Edmonds is more of a box safety. Right. I think that's things I think they'd like to be able to play Edmonds deep. I'd probably, I think it's Reed and Sydney, to be honest. Like Terrell Edmonds got what, two million from them? And Sydney Brown is a top yeah. is a is a base is a top seventy-five pick. Yeah. Like, I kind of feel like they, that way too. Yeah, like if you if you if you if you subscribe to like investment theory, like they're gonna want to play the players they put the most into, I would say Sydney's gonna start for sure. And then I, I would guess that it's a read. Man, that's a dark this is a dark conversation. I'll be honest, it's not making me feel great. <laughs> yeah, I mean listen, usually a third round pick does not start right away, but as we so I think when you sign Edmonds, you're signing him hoping you can draft over him. Now That'll get played. You know, this will be like a train. We have a training camp battle, so we'll see mm-hmm. what happens. I thought Blankenship was fine uh, last year. I think if he can stay healthy, I yeah. don't think he's going to kill you uh, most weeks. And I think, yeah, I think they would probably love for Brown to come in and play well and the coaches be like, oh, yeah, we'll take him over Terrell Edmonds. But that doesn't usually happen with rookies. And so if that doesn't happen, uh, then you have Edmonds there to fall back on. So that will be a fun one yeah. to so Edmonds, keep an eye on. Yeah. Edmonds in 2022 by. PFF charting box 322 snaps free safety 254 snaps and then slot corner 195 I like Edmonds is not emphatically a box safety because he's fast enough and rangy enough to play deep so like I, I, I don't know if they'll feel like it has to be Edmonds is playing 
strong safety to start. That's intuitive, but I don't know if they'll, they'll stick to that because their safety room sucks. And he like, of the players they have, he has the most experience playing free safety, even though he was not a free safety in Pittsburgh. You see what I'm saying? So right. like, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, but yeah, this safety room is going to be, this is going to, this is going to guppy me. Not We're going to get to a, a, a week four game and I'm going to be tearing my hair out over the safety room. You're going to be saying, oh my gosh, I miss Marcus Epps. I will Mark, say I no such thing. Mark, Marcus Epps right now. You're going to be begging for him to be back. All right. Do you have, is there any, now the, the third round is still going on. So I guess we shouldn't really mm-hmm. predict who we think. They, I'll go with, uh, they're going to end up with a little Jaqueline and Roy. That was my pick, right? DT yep. from LSU. Uh, they have picks. Uh, 188 in the sixth round, 219 in the seventh round, 230 in the seventh round, 248 in the seventh round. So they have four picks on day three, but they have no picks right now uh, in rounds four or five, although they could trade future picks, combine them with some of these picks and move up if they wanted to. Uh, Running back is pretty interesting. You know, they, they still have not drafted a running back. Like I think we said before, we both felt like they might have the worst running back room uh in the NFL, when you factor in the fact that Rashad Penny's not probably not going to be able to stay healthy for a whole season. So uh, I thought they were going to take a running back at some point. Is there a back that uh, you feel like might be nice for them to still be able to grab on day three that would excite you? Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. I like Eric okay. Gray. I think, I think we talked about him a little bit, but if we didn't, he was a high recruit, went to Tennessee, transferred to Oklahoma, got nice movement skills, real Real well built young man. We're talking Tyler Steen, Sidney Brown, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith. Got some, got some healthy young men in this class. Eric Gray, nice build on Eric Gray. I don't want to get too Mike Mayocky, but that lower half, that's a well built young man. Uh, so Eric Gray out of Oklahoma, I like. Um, I gave them Keaton Mitchell in my seven round mock because I gave it to them in the seventh round. Like, there's no way they're getting Eric Gray in round seven, in my opinion. So I, I like, I like, uh, I like Keaton Mitchell in the seventh round. Uh, Ty J's off the board. Kendra's already off the board. Tank Bigsby's off the board. A lot of guys got Zach Evans out of Ole Miss. Another good late round guy. I'd like Zach Evans. He'd be a good pick. He got pass catching, okay. got some juice. He's a good one. All right. There you go. So uh, I think they would like to end up with a running back and maybe a yeah. toolsy cornerback who could potentially you, develop that's what I was, something. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. I would say if you, if you had to choose water gun to your head, the one position that they are for sure taking in the rest of the draft. Because I can't do names just yet. Some people off the board, they might trade around. But one position you have to choose. Would it be running back or would it be a different a different spot? I think it would probably be running back because it's probably pretty easy to talk yourself into a day through running back and be like, this guy can make the roster and be good right away. Whereas like, you know, corners are going to go earlier uh, than they should, even though that obviously is a more premium position. But yeah, I would say if I had to guess one, the one position that I think they're, Going to pick a player on Saturday, I would say running back. How about you? Yeah, I'd say corner, just because once yeah. you're at day three running backs, undrafted. you already have, yeah, you have, yeah, undrafted, yeah. you also already have like depth, right? Like, I'd be interested in like, where can I take a guy in the sixth round that's actually probably going to stick on my roster? And like, they're so thin at corner and then wide receiver. They just don't have a lot of bodies. That's where I'd be like more interested to take a sixth, seventh round pick. The corner wide receiver is what sticks out to me, but running back would not surprise me at all because they have to add to the room somehow. Yeah, you pretty you almost you pretty much always draft a wide receiver, so it's you know you, you would think yeah, yeah. that uh, that that eas- the draft could easily fall that way where they pick a guy in the round six or seven. All right, 
It's kind of, it wasn't like the most exciting, you know, day two. Like you're taking like a safety Listen, and a we guard do tackle. Not but you get, need those do, guys. You need those guys. We do not get to come on this pod after the round we got one an that we had and go like, one. that's true. day two is kind of <laughs> lame, huh? <laughs> I don't know about you. The amount of like, I've like, like been doing hits on like day two and like talking to people whenever the amount of times people have just looked at me and been like, Screw you, man. And Jack had to be like, ah, sorry, my bad. That's on me. So I, they could do anything for the rest of the draft. I'm chilling. That's true. Yeah, I think I was just looking. And I'm like, oh, we haven't been talking for that long. But how much can, can, can a man say about Tyler Steen? We'll hear more yeah. from you, Tyler Steen, when you arrive to Philadelphia. All right. That will do it for the day two draft recap on the Ringers Philly special. We will be back one more time after day three. We'll talk about what they do on day three and wrap up the draft on Saturday night, Phillies. I'm looking big win in Houston. I like that. So good things happening everywhere in Philadelphia sports. All right. Thank you to Ace Producer Cliff Augustine. Thank you to Benjamin Solak. I am Shiel Kapadia. We will talk to you soon on the Ringers Philly special. Mm-hmm.